G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Coming up today on The Story. I became very involved with Chambers of Commerce and I was on their state council and so forth. The only woman, mind you, at that time. And I said to them at one council meeting, and I said, now, come on. I said, we got to do something about women in business. They have more issues and more obstacles than what you gentlemen have. The Story. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, today we have part two of our conversation with Diana Abruzzi, who's the founder and chairman of the International Women's Federation of Commerce and Industry. As we'll hear today, in the course of pioneering this federation, she's had to overcome a degree of opposition. Also, as we heard last time, overcoming opposition is something Diana has been doing her whole life. In her younger years, she was inspired by the book Brother David, God's Smuggler to China. In the 1980s, she was determined to help Chinese Christians overcome oppression from the communist government by smuggling Bibles into the country. Today, we'll hear more about that and about how she came to be the founder and chairman of the International Women's Federation of Commerce and Industry. Once again, Diana Abruzzi is chatting with Eric Scatterbo. On another occasion, um, the same group of people, because we went in a couple of times together, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we were walking down one of these smaller streets, and there was this woman sitting in the gutter. Not many people around. It was quite, yeah, I was quite surprised, actually. Mm-hmm. And she had a child in her, in her arms, and she was just sitting in the gutter crying. And I looked down at the child, and the child was purple-blue, obviously declining. Mm. Come on, everyone, let's pray. Mm-hmm. Let's lay hands on this child. I did not, normally you'd not interfere, but I felt to do it. Mm-hmm. I said, come on, let's let's pray for this child, which we did. And we really prayed. And I think the woman was absolutely bewildered, but she was in such a state, she, I'm not sure what she was thinking. But the child's colour started to come back. Mm. And the eyes opened, and we saw a miracle of mm. a child coming back. And so many times we pray, and we feel God doesn't answer us, but God has his timing. Mm-hmm. Timing is everything. And at that time, it was good for us to see that miracle. Mm-hmm. And was good for that mother to see that miracle of a child. And she just went on her knees and just thanked us because she couldn't speak English. She was just talking Chinese. We didn't talk Chinese. Mm. All we could do was love her. Mm. But timing is everything in God. Now, she knew, even though she couldn't understand you, but she knew you were praying. She knew we were praying. Mm, She knew. And whether she had a sense of it, I don't know. So we don't know. Yeah. But she knows that her child 
Oh, she was knew healed the child. Yes. After these did. people prayed yes. in a foreign language. And, and she picked up the child and she ran with the child in mm. her arms, crying with joy. And but you see, it was good for us to see it too. Oh yeah. Yeah. To see a miracle like that. I've not seen a miracle like that since. But I have seen miracles of a different sort. Yeah. But not one quite like that. And I've kept that in my memory mm. for a long time because the whole atmosphere was just filled with the glory of God. So that, that had moment. to really encourage you in your faith. Oh, yes, of course. Mm -hmm. I mean, every step you take, every time you see God's movement, it strengthens you. Mm -hmm. It strengthens you and makes you even f more of a fighter, if you yeah. can put it. Yeah. <laughs> And then you later, want to go out. <laughs> you want to go out well, and, and then you expanded it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but then you expanded to going into other oppressive countries and bringing Bibles. Is that right? Yes. Then later on in my life, um, no, it was earlier in my life that led me to God smuggling, that confirmed the God smuggling. Earlier in my life, when I was 19, oh, uh, I was in Hong Kong uh, with my mother, mm -hmm. and. Um, it was a graduation present um, from leaving school and so forth. Mm -hmm. And um, it was a time when Mao was clamping down on a lot of um, teachers, anyone who had a brain, mm -hmm. um, all sorts of people, university lecturers, academics. And as you know, what they was going through at that time. Now, we were in Kowloon. And I heard shooting, and the person who was with us said, oh, it's the nationals trying to get across to British-held territory. So I went up, and it was like a huge, huge river, and it was like I was on a slump, but up high, and I was looking down on this, and they were shooting them, children, women, anyone and everyone, and they get to the other side. I was so horrified by that, so horrified by that, that I said, God, whatever I can do, let me do it. Mm. Let me do it. In between then was when I married, had children, mm -hmm. never thinking too much about, but knowing in my heart I wanted to, because I'm a fighter, I suppose. Mm -hmm. yep. and and that's when the Bible smuggling came in. I said, okay, Lord, this is what you're talking about. This is what you want me to do. Hmm. And so you were inspired to go to yet other countries. Yes. Bringing in Bibles, smuggling yeah. in Bibles. I went into Burma. Mm -hmm. And um, another thing that sort of happened there as well, um, as I was flying into Burma, it was only a little plane, and we're flying into Burma. At that time, we were told that there was churches around the world praying for us mm -hmm. as we were going in. And this is different churches around the world praying. I thought that was mighty. I thought that was incredible. Yeah. And as I flew up, they turned the lights off inside, and I looked out over the windows, and I tell you what, I saw and heard the words and the songs and the music of my Lord. It mm. was just just absolutely beautiful. Oh, it's just, but I knew I was in for trouble. Isn't this interesting? 
you know, just had that gut feeling, I'm mm. in for trouble, I'm going to be all right. And so I flew in. I had what we called the Gorilla Bibles. Yeah, what does that and, mean, uh, Gorilla Bible? Well, there were gorilla, fi- gorilla fighters. Oh, Bibles for the gorilla like, fighters. Okay. Yeah. I was yeah, trying to gorilla. picture what a gorilla Bible was. <laughs> no, gorilla, they, they, they weren't Bibles for gorillas. <laughs> gorilla fighters. Oh, I got you. Okay. Up in the, up in the hills. Oh, um, I got you. Yep. And this is, of course, now Myanmar. And so we took in medicine. Mm-hmm. We took in Bibles. We took in. But as I was um, came to have my case investigated, um. And, of course, I had the Gorilla Bibles and the um, Burmese Bibles. And all of a sudden, I froze. And I heard God's voice saying, don't take those, take those. Hmm. And I'm going, and I'm just still, not reacting, just like I'm frozen. And she took, yeah, the Burmese one, and she shut the case, and two guys came over and took me into a room. Mm-hmm. And that was a moment of God. That was truly a moment of God. They asked me, was I a Christian? Mm-hmm. I said, yes, I was. And they started to ask me about this God of mine. Now, I'm expecting to be absolutely grilled mm-hmm. And yet I'm there talking about God. Huh. Did they really uh, want to know about God? They were they wanted to know what drove me. What drove mm. me to do this? Mm-hmm. And they did say you could be put in prison for this, you know. Mm. I said, Yes, I know. I said, Are you gonna put me into prison? And they said, Tell me more about what you do. And then all of a sudden they just let me go. Oh, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, I'm working. I'm, I've, I can't go into the whole conversation that went on, but it was like I was sort of perplexed when mm. I walked out, thinking, "What was that?" Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't understand it, and so I went out, and there, there was a truck, and the others were in the truck because we went with about. 10 people on that occasion, Mm -hmm. and I think it was 10, and um, they were waiting in the truck. And they said, well, if you hadn't come out in another five minutes, we would have gone thinking that you were being held. Hmm. Oh, wow, you just barely made it. I just made it out, and I said, oh, my goodness, I've left my beauty case behind. And and the leader said to me, what are you thinking? (laughs) Just leave it. I I want my beauty case. So I went off. Went in and they're all looking at me. The guy, I said, Oh, I left my beauty case. They picked it up and they all started laughing. <laughs> my beauty case, you see, how can I put it? He creates moments, mm-hmm. he really does. He creates moments that we don't understand. Mm-hmm. But I do remember when we were leaving the country, the woman who'd taken the Bible out. I was leaving. She looked at me. She smiled and went and thought, "Now what?" Kind of nodded mean? at you. Yes, and I thought you were a Christian. Oh, I thought you were a Christian. So, but- the long and short of it is that you really had your faith tested and tried 
over and over, but God came through for you. But you know what? In all of that, I had such a peace. Hmm. In other words, God gave me this incredible peace going through it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I would have panicked, mm-hmm. really done something I shouldn't have done, mm-hmm. and got rippled. Yeah. But he gave me that peace just to be still mm-hmm. while he did what he had to do. And that's another area of when to be at peace with God. Mm-hmm. Just be still and just let him do what he's got to do. In so many times we feel we've got to have the answer, but we don't have it. God's got the answer. We don't. You're listening to The Story. Our guest today is once again Diana Abruzzi, who's sharing her life journey and how the Lord led her to smuggle Bibles into China and other countries back in the 1980s. We'll hear more of Diana's story and how she began to help women start small businesses when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401-132-888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is The Story. Today, our guest once again is Diana Abruzzi, who is the founder and chairman of the International Women's Federation of Commerce and Industry. As we've been hearing, the Lord led Diana to smuggle Bibles into China and other countries back in the 1980s. Now, here's more of Diana sharing her story with Eric Scadabo. Now, unfortunately, we're quickly running out of time, but there was this other part of your life where you founded the International Women's Federation of Commerce and Industry. Can you tell us how did that come about? Well, I better do that quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thing is, um, I had noticed we were in a small business ourselves, Mm -hmm. and I became very involved with Chambers of Commerce, and I was on their state council and so forth, Mm -hmm. and the only woman, mind you, at that time. And Again, again uh, you're a pioneer. <laughs> and I said, I used to say to the guys, you're so kind to let me on this. <laughs> I used to really rib them sometimes. Um, but anyway, um, in moving around as I did in business, I became very, very aware of that women really were having a tough mm. because the banks were not lending them money. Um, they had to use their own money or, or any other source mm. uh, their parents' money or something, but the banks were still um, where a woman will go into a bank. She'd have to take a man with her Mm. because he would talk to the man, not to the woman. It's her business, not Mm. his. Mm. But anyway, we're going through all of that. And I said to them at one council meeting, and I said, now, come on. I said, we've got to do something about women in business. And they boohooed me. They said, look, um, we do everything we can. They can join us, the chamber. And so, no, I said, no, no. I said, you're not understanding. They have more issues and more obstacles than what you gentlemen have. Hmm. And I said, need to do something. Anyway, um, I went on about it for about three or four months. And then I was at a meeting and I said, listen, gentlemen, you're not listening to me. So I'm going off and I'm going to start a Chamber of Commerce for Women. Mm. And they all went up in shock. Oh, yeah. Shock. 
And they said, Diana, why are you going to do that? I said, because you're not doing anything. I'm going to do something. So then when I tried to register it as a Chamber of Commerce, they wouldn't let me. Hmm. Said, okay. Why wouldn't they let you? Because they didn't want a woman's Chamber of Commerce. Oh. So I said, okay, I'll call it a federation. <laughs> word chamber out of it and call it a federation. So we became the International Women's Federation of Commerce and Industry. And then the battle began again. Every move I made, everything I did, they they kept on saying, you know, you should be doing this, Diane, and you should be. They tried to control me. Hmm. Um, wonderful, wonderful men in my life who have really caught on to what I was doing and were very, very supportive. The others boohooed it, tried to stop hmm. it, and so forth. So anyway, so we proceeded. And I, I remember... I had this vision, this dream that God gave me in the convent. Mm -hmm. And I came you back. You were in a convent? I went into a convent, not as a nun. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Just wanted to make sure I understood uh, this. <laughs> because when I came, I had to go backtrack. When oh, it was I a retreat. Back, yeah, a retreat, yes. Right, okay. When I came back from China for the mm -hmm. last one, mm -hmm. I felt God saying, it's finished. And I felt he said, I want you to go back into the marketplace. Mm, okay. That's where things started to go differently. So I said, Lord, you're going to have to help me here because um, I've got the business and so forth, so you've got to direct me. So I went away for a retreat. Mm -hmm. And in that retreat, I said, God, you've just got to guide me here. So I prayed, and the nuns were very concerned because I wasn't eating, I was fasting and all sorts of things and just mm -hmm. walking in the beautiful garden. Gosh, they had a gorgeous garden. Mm -hmm. Always on the last night, always on the 12th hour. I wish God would not do that. <laughs> the 12th hour. Anyway, the night before I was leaving, just like you know, when I was doing the Bible drop, mm -hmm. <laughs> 12th hour, um, and God gave me the vision. It wasn't, and I was standing on this hill, and I saw this gorgeous tree sh shadowing me over, and I was looking across the world. And it was the expression on my face. And I said, God, I could never be that person. I could never be that person. And so it went like this inside me. Hmm. I went, oh, my gosh. If I don't do what God wants me to do, what do I do? Sit in the pew in the church and do nothing? I thought, oh, that's not me. Mm -hmm. So I went back to the Lord and I said, all right, Lord. I said, I'll do it. Whatever it takes, I'll mm -hmm. do it if it was with me. So it came back just a bit more mildly, though, not quite as dynamic, but it came back. And as I was leaving the convent, a voice in my head said, go in my name and lo, I am with you always. And that began the journey of starting IWSCI. But in that journey, when God gives you a vision, mm doesn't mean to say he's going to do it the next day. Now began the time of preparation, preparing me for this journey with what I'm doing. And as I reached this age, taking with 60 business cards, no money, with a vision that God had given me, today we're now in 17 countries. Wow. That's fantastic. Now, that is another journey. And you're still going strong personally. 
and I'm still going strong. Can I mention that you're in your eighth decade? Yes. And you barely made time for us to be able to talk today. So thankful that you fit us in just barely in between meetings. Just letting you know I'm 83. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. So now I just wanted to say that. But it's not the end. Can I just add one more thing, if I I could? I I just wanted to clarify first, though, that you obviously were led by the Lord as a Christian to start this organization to help women in businesses. But it isn't specifically a Christian ministry. No, but it is a tent maker. Okay. What do you mean by that? I mean that in the Bible, it talks about building a tent in areas. Now, what it is, what it has done, is that I speak all over the world now Mm -hmm. in different countries where all my chapters are, Mm -hmm. and I speak so many times, and I speak with God's words. So you're able to use this as a vehicle to share your faith. Yes. And the people on board with me are beautiful Christians. Okay. So, and everyone has told me if all the organizations they have joined and been part of, they have never seen or felt something that's so different with our organization. Hmm. There's no cattiness. There's no competing with anyone. It's about everyone helping each other Hmm. and working together. The way it should be. Yes, of course. Many cultures, uh, I deal with many, many cultures Mm. uh, across those 17 countries. And it was a big learning curve for me. Mm -hmm. Um, It also taught me um, the richness of of these cultures, beautiful richness of cultures. And they do have beautiful things. And I, I began to truly appreciate the beauty of some of these countries. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be talking to some Romanians hmm. who are going to be launching their Chamber of Commerce here. And they want me to be the keynote speaker. And there's going to be, I think, about a thousand people there. Oh, wow. Now, again, again, I have a platform to speak from. Yes. You see, God works not only as I guide every one of these countries in the branches, I guide them with God's thinking, the way God would do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm always saying in my speeches, um, God bless you. Mm-hmm. Uh, my faith has held me tight. And I always bring in my faith and so forth and what God has done for me. Mm-hmm. And so that others will see. And as I said to them, an idea is mightier than an army, an idea. Take your idea in the hand of God and make something of it, Mm. the gift God has given you. And there's so many ways, there's so many ways that you can reach people who don't know God. If I'd been a Christian group, then it would have just been people who were Christians. I want to go out beyond Mm -hmm. and empower the Christians to go beyond too. Mm -hmm. But they're building businesses, we're exporting, we're trading, where governments are now talking to me about different things. Yeah. Sounds like you're just getting started at a time that a lot of people would be going on (laughs) holiday and visiting their grandkids. (laughs) Well, all I can say is to everyone, if I can leave this, Mm -hmm. in our own country, Australia, I would say have your ears to hear, and the eyes to see. Mm-hmm. 
because if you don't, there will be people who will take things from you mm. if you are not careful. It's the time to have your voice to stop things that could actually become part and by law in this country. I say be careful, be very, very careful, and have your voice and be strong because our country is under spiritual attack mm. in so many ways without saying what those particular areas are. I think a lot of us already are aware. Mm -hmm. We are aware of those. And I think we need to start having a voice mm -hmm. in these areas. And you're all too familiar with overcoming oppression. Oh, my gosh. I've seen what it does to people. Mm. I've seen what it does. Um, it, it begins with um, where governments shut your voice. Mm. Next thing is they, they, they shut down the authority of parents over their children. Mm. These are the steps of oppressors. And please just keep your eyes open. Please keep your eyes open and your ears to hear. It's just so important. And we're going to have to leave it right there because we've run out of time. But thank you so much for sharing your story with us and your wisdom, Diana Abruzzi. My pleasure. My great pleasure. Well, that was Eric Scadabo chatting with Diana Abruzzi about her amazing life journey. As we heard, Diana has been fighting against oppression and injustices her whole life. First, in the 1980s, she was determined to help Chinese Christians overcome oppression from the communist government by smuggling Bibles into the country. Then, years later, she began to help women overcome the challenges they faced starting small businesses. Diana became the founder and chairman of the International Women's Federation of Commerce and Industry. For more information about the Federation, their website is abbreviated to simply IWFCI.org. Once again, that's IWFCI.org. Finally, Diana would be the first to say that she was only able to help people because of her strong reliance on the Lord for guidance and direction. As the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. Well, thanks for joining us for part two of Diana Abruzzi's story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. The Story. The story. Just another way vision is helping you look to God daily. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.